When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Stanley play well but can't take all three points against the league leaders and we have our first ever goalkeeper enter the Fowler on a Bougie Hall of Fame. Raw Milk Review, let's have it! And there we go. Uh, it is the 14th of February. It is Valentine's Day. But instead of doing that, I have been watching Stanley. Uh, cuddled up crying in front of the telly all day. Building up to Stanley. It's a terrible way to start a podcast, that really, isn't it? Uh, I'm not that lonely. Gibby, how are you doing? Absolutely steady away. Um, can't complain. Especially for a great point at the league leaders. Yeah, you can't complain against that. It's half eight. Stanley finished about 45 minutes ago. We've just got a point against Lincoln. Uh, in what were a really, really good game, actually. A good game for the neutral, which no neutral will have been watching because nobody's going to pay for that on iPhone. follow anyway. Like, you always pick a team, don't you? True, true. You either, you either want the team who's losing to do a comeback, or if you're watching from the start, you want the underdog. Yeah. The neutral. That's true. Uh, we'll get on to that in a minute then. First of all, then, what are you drinking and what have you eaten today? I pushed the boat out today. I had some. Uh, I know because a few of the, the listeners are worried about my poverty teas. Mm. Uh, you know, I hear that. Thing. I don't know. The last time though, we've I've had a few people message me and say spring onion butter. What is it? 
it, well, it's what it says in the tin. It's a buttery spring onion. I know, but it's not a thing. It is a thing. And if it's not a thing, I'll make it a thing. By by so when you were a child, did your mum make that for you? No. But you've got to, you've got to understand, it's, it's simple maths. Like anything between bread is instantly more delicious. So we all like spring onions. We all like... We all like spring you know, onions. It's all spring onions, aren't we? <laughs> We're all spring onions at heart. But uh, no, I'm, I'm on the a few beers in it. I'm on the old uh, proper job by St Hostel Brewery, a powerfully hopped Cornish IPA. There you go. Just got a pasty really to go. Really good that. I've had that a few times actually. Rich and decadent. Is that the? That's not the Saint. That's not the Hostel Brewery, is it? The Saint Hostel Brewery. Yeah, Saint Hostel. Yeah. Oh, it is. Did you just say that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, Alzheimer's. Fair enough. What have you eaten? Uh, well, it well, depends which way you want to go. I mean, you want to to uh, you know go back to episode one and the sort of Lord Gibson of Accrington mm-hmm. uh, French toast, but to you and me, eggy bread. Nice. Me too. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so. Well, it's well, yeah. I got up early. I was a bit rough. I had a few cans last night. Oh, you're not your life story. Fuck's oh sake. Jesus. Um, right. Okay. Someone's you're aggy this evening. I can just tell. Um, I've had, I'm trying to think now, what did I have? I had uh, macaroni and cheese, but it was out of a tin and it's probably the most depressing thing I've ever, I've, I've eaten in a long time actually. Um, just cried really after it. That's, uh, that's proper camera zooming, sound of silence. That was shit. And as well, when you think about it on Valentine's Day, fucking yeah. hell, lonely arts. Um, but... I've, I've topped it off with three bottles of Stella so far, so I'm flying. I am a teacher, it's half term. Job's on it. Stanley just got a point. I'm on it all night. Yeah, if you've got your birthday on Valentine's Day, the postman must think you're a right player. Yeah. I always think that. <laughs> One for teenagers. Um, the there we go then. So, I think it'd be amiss of us not to talk about a few games that we've had since we last spoke. Our last podcast just happened, we finished about 10 minutes before Stanley played at Plymouth. Uh, 2-2 draw. Yeah. yeah what do you think of that? Yeah, I think uh, I think you've got to be happy with that. Taking a point down there, you know, travelling to basically France, always takes it out to the team, and uh, it was a really good game end to end. They're a good side as well. I really enjoyed it. Two two gaffers who like to play attacking football. Um, it's always disappointing when you when you take the lead twice and you don't hang on. Yeah. But uh, the last ten minutes, you know, we were. Well, like the Alamo, weren't it? They were at, they were at us. You've just took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say that. I thought all second half actually we were pretty much under the cosh. Um, once um, they equalised, there were only one team going to win it, I thought. Yeah. But they were um, going to be a winner. We scored, what, 36 seconds into the second half or something stupid. So yeah. we were pretty much hanging on, weren't we? But like you say, travelling all that way, it's always going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah. Physically. Yeah, I and think. Ryan Law teams are always set up well, aren't they, as well? You know, he's like a, like a younger caller, in a way. Well, it showed that as well when we'll talk about that game in a second on Tuesday night. But, um, yeah, like you said, not much more that you can say about a Plymouth away. You take a point all day long. Bit disappointing that you take the lead twice, but that's football. It's right. Yeah, it's right. Uh, so then, after that, we were... It was it Bristol Rovers, wasn't it, on the Tuesday? Yeah. Four days later. Yeah. 6-1 in... Probably some of the weirdest conditions I've ever seen to play football in, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, if you're a gambling man, you'd have put notes on that being on. It was an absolute quagmire, but if you look at the number of games that were off, it was a miracle we got it on. And it was Baltic. That day was Baltic. I went out for a walk, I was striking it with that coat. Um, but it was a strange game because 6 1 on paper is an absolute thrashing. We did, we did, we did dick them, but it could have been 
10 7. It was a really, yeah. weird, really weird game. Like, with the conditions, it could have gone either way. Well, it was 3 1 after 17 minutes. Yeah. And Adam Smith, who, who who follows us, he tweeted and just put, it's turning a little bit farcical, this. With the conditions, the game's 3 yeah, 1. Yeah. Oh, we're glad we scored so early, to be honest, because at 0 0, it's in the ref's mind, isn't it? When, yeah. When you start, when the puddles start to form and so on, it, it was pissing down as well. Yeah, it was. It's raining sideways, wasn't it? And uh, he, when we got an early goal, I thought, right, yeah, it, it, put, it, it puts that doubt in his mind then. Mm. I think the um, the thing is with the rain at the minute, like, them new drains that they put in a few years ago mm. are absolutely quality. Yeah, they are good. Because I can't remember a time, well, so the, the rain that they had against Bristol was pretty much constant. There was like 20 minutes in the second half where it, it eased off a bit. And then Northampton, the, the following Saturday, the 0-0 draw... Was it pissed it down all game there as well, and there was no moment where the ball got held up. There was no sort of stoppage. Them drains mm. just they do the job. I think the biggest issue that we have now, like pretty much like this yeah. weekend's just shown, is fro is frost. Well, it's on a clay bed, so it's never gonna it's never gonna be brilliant ever, no matter how much you spend on it. We're also do. what second highest, but exactly off sea level altitude. Um, I think it's after the after the Hawthorns, West Brom, I think. I could be wrong there. Bangor I think Park you're right with that. That's a quiz well. question. My um, dad, me and my dad were talking about that. But Peel Park, Peel Park was the highest when we played at Peel Park. Right. But uh, yeah, it's never gonna, it's never gonna be perfect. If you, if you, you know, planning somewhere to put a football ground, you wouldn't put it there. No. But when you think we had three games, three home games back to back, they were all on, and much bigger clubs and clubs with bigger budgets and clubs in the same sort of climate. So Salford were off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all the, you know, all the literally billions. Barnsley were off. Barnsley were off, yeah. And uh, this week as well. Who were yeah. obviously a division higher. Yeah, yeah. Different climate in Yorkshire, isn't it? Foreign, foreign, foreign yeah, climate. They get, them on, they get monsoons and stuff. They get floods, don't they? And that's why they get they get sort of floods and we don't, because, you know, God's Lancaster and you don't shit on your own doorstep. <laughs> I think it's, it's it's very, very rare that we'll see three own games in a week again. Yeah. But you can no matter what you do, like those frost covers. If you if you speak to if you speak to buzzer, they do a job up to about maximum minus four. Yeah. But even with that, that doesn't. Yeah, yeah. If it's minus three all night, that doesn't mean it's going to be well, minus four. But you're talking it with the coldest day in Britain for 25 years. Yeah. It? Yeah. It were minus 23 in yeah. certain parts of the country. Um, you know, like I say, a quarter of a century the coldest night, and we've still got games on, and we've got three on in a week. When, like you say, a lot of other clubs in in, in and around us hadn't. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's, it's unheard of, really. You know? And like you said, there's the issues with the clay bed, isn't there? Yeah. Blackburn Rovers have been having some issues recently. Even at Ewood had a game called off because that's right next to um, the river there, isn't it? Yeah. So it, it happens, but I mean, games are going to be called off, like you said. That there were five games on in League One yesterday, and there were two in League Two. We are in the lower divisions. No matter what people say, frost covers only do a bit of a job. The fucking rain will come down yeah, as well. Like you, say, you know, if, if the uh, the football pyramid genuinely considered it a problem, then you know, use some of the Premier League money and you, let's give people the soil eating. Or alternatively, you know, you're not allowed in the football league with um, you know three G, four G surfaces, artificial surfaces. You're not you're not allowed in the football league with them. That that's sure Harry had to change, change that, didn't he? Has to change because. I mean, Sutton in the conference, they've got one, and they spent a fortune on it because it non-league they wanted the the community to use it every day of the week. Uh, but did they go up to rip it up? But it's been proven. Why is it? Why is Sutton v Wrexham safe on that pitch, but Sutton v Salford's not? 
Um, it's not. It's not. It's not like forty years ago when you when your fake pitch was essentially green tarmac with a bit of sand on. Um, Ironbridge Sports Centre. Do a slide tackle. They you know lose half your leg. Yeah, everyone can remember them times, but, can't uh, they? But yeah, it's always going to be a problem with the lower leagues because money don't grow on trees, sadly. I think Mac- uh, Macclesfield are ripping up their pitch at the minute, aren't they? And they're putting a like a community four G down. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's the way forward. It makes it makes financial sense for them. Well, it's like synthetic, clubs. isn't it? They mix it with real grass as well. Well, yeah, like you say, it's completely different. It's all yeah. rubber, isn't it? Now and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but how did we get onto that? Oh, it was a tangent from Bristol Rovers. Bristol Rovers. But yeah, but a so great it, win. It was four-one at half time, and then when I, when like you say, it could have been four-four really, but when the weather did settle, calm in the second half. We were at it again. We were a superior side. Yeah, it's good side. to see that. I mean, as a, as a when you're watching any game on telly, I think as a fan, there's nothing more frustrating when someone's four or five up at half time, and you just know they're going to ease off. So England do it all the time. Playing San Marino, five nil half time, put the game to bed. Whereas a fan, you think it's them for ten. So mm. they do. But we kept going. We got that six, and it could have been more. The keepers made a few great saves. Uh, it could have, you know, it could have been the proverbial cricket score, and you know. It, it doesn't matter who you play. If you're putting six past someone in the same league, it's always a great achievement. Yeah, it was good, and then that sets us up obviously with two more games in the week to go and try and get a really good, really good points tally. Um, and then we we came unstuck against a, a good, well, what good at the t- at the time, a Keith Curl Northampton side. Um, and they, I think they came and did a really good job. Thought they looked yeah, decent. They, 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 they did a number. They did a number, didn't they? It wasn't. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't a nil piece where. You know the keepers had a world eve at the crossbar. They just neutralised us. We had one chance we called it. That was about it. Really, they could have scored late on as well to win yeah, the game. Yeah. They'll be disappointed that they didn't win the game. Um, but then you look, you look, you just think it, it's one of them in it in this league because they they're buoyed by that. And then that the following Tuesday they got beat at home with Wigan. Yeah. And you just think, Christ alive. Yeah, I do think it's a really strange division. I don't want to use that that, that cliche that anyone can beat anyone, um, but it is true. <laughs> It's a really odd. It league. is, yeah. You don't really have a, a whipping boy as such, um, and you know it's it, it, anyone can give you a game on the day if, yeah. you're, not, if you're not at it. Um, and I think you know the lack of fans, as we've said before, helps that. It makes games weird. It's a strange atmosphere. The players, it's very similar to a training session. So it's, it, it is getting artificially manipulated results. Um, and it will carry on like that. You get some shockers, and you get a lot of high-scoring games. If you notice, a lots of four ones, five threes. You know, every weekend you'll see a team scores four or five. It seems like. And I think it's because with no supporters, they can piss about and shoot when they want to shoot and things like that. They don't feel that pressure. The defenders don't fear making mistakes. So you've got ten thousand fans telling you to boot it out. You boot it out. Yeah. Whereas now defenders will piss about, so you do get more goals. I think. Piss about being the technical term for play out from the back. Yeah, and then obviously, like you say, you look at how you look at how it's gone. We got beat with Wigan. We've been beat with Burton, who were arguably looking like the two worst sides in the division. Yeah, Wigan, you forget that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, anyone can beat anyone, and m- this year more more so than ever. Um. So then they did a job, and as Keith Curl then loses his job after getting beat with Wigan. But yeah, I was impressed with them. I thought they were disapp- they were disappointed. It, they were just lacking that bit of end product really to beat us, to be honest. Um. I think we looked leggy. I think we looked tired. Yeah, we did. Which we always knew was going to happen with the games coming thick and fast. Especially when you've scored six as well. It's hard to yeah. get yourself back up in it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and ex-Red Lloyd Jones in the Northampton bar- uh, ranks there scored a cracker at Morecambe. He did indeed. 
There we go. Should just had, just had to get that in. Um, more on Morecambe coming up. Um, but yeah, then that brings us on to Plymouth at home. And a really, really strange game to one where another day we could have we could have probably yeah. won three nil. I mean, if you, if you sat at home with your cliche bingo cards, the uh, the old chestnut, the best team lost. That was that's very true. And also the other the other chestnut that uh, will play worse and win is also very true. Yeah. I mean, some of our fan base, there's, there's a few I thought daft knee jerk reactions. You know, people just automatically assume sometimes when you lose you play badly. We're absolutely pissed on them. We 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 play the new system we haven't tried before. We took to like as Coley says, like a duck to water. And we absolutely leathered them. The keeper had an inspired day. If I'm being picky, I'd like to test him a bit earlier. Those saves were quite late on, weren't they? But we played well, we were good on the ball, um we dominated the play and it was for them an old school smash and grab. You know, Ben Barkley makes a mistake. You know, Dion Charles missed quite a few chances in that game, but when you're a defender, it's a lot more unforgiving. Yeah, I said that on Twitter, and and I th- I think I'm glad you mentioned that because I do think we were wasteful, just just in key moments in the game, really. Um, yeah. Not just Dion, but yeah, Dion on that night in particular, he missed that one on one, didn't he? Um, where we'd just been yeah, let. Well, uh, they they just missed that sitter as well. We ju- I was just going to say we'd just been let off the hook with that. Like I don't nine hundred ninety nine times out of a thousand, yeah. they probably puts that so in. So you score that one, though, it, it really takes the stuff out of it. Pro- it yeah, it really yeah. wins them. Um, but yeah, Dion just dwelled on it a little bit. But I think I think it actually t- it lends itself to what you were just saying about players playing out a little bit more. I think that we've been we have been doing that more this season, where the defenders and the goalkeeper, especially when you've got Baxter in net, um, he's he's very very confident in playing it out. And Ben Barkley is slotted in there, and and they are just taking little more chances. I think that possibly, maybe in a season where there's fans in there, that ball is hooked beautifully into that area for for their goal. And for me, the the old school sort of, if he if well, he if he, if, he, if, he, if he if he nods it into the keeper's hand, you you say fantastic, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't, and the old school thing in me just says yeah. just it away if just it get it away yeah. yeah but I think it comes it it, it it lends itself to that thing that you were just saying they want to play beautiful football if he hooks it away he's probably got Seamus Keneally shouting at him saying what the fuck are you doing so I, I mean yeah Ben played tonight again didn't he and he was pretty good so I'm I'm, I'm glad that he's come back into the team and um, yeah his head's not gone and put a good performance in tonight he did get booked after 10 minutes actually tonight and I was thinking oh here we go um, but yeah, so that brings us on to that. Like you said, put the Plymouth one down on to just just one of them. They were a good side, and we we gifted them a goal. And then obviously we travel to Lincoln, top side, take the lead really with a gift of our own, don't we? Um, but again, Dion's got to put it in, and he puts it in well. Yeah, and it comes from a good press as well, which we've done all season. We, we do make back lines, make mistakes, we do press, and we do Harry. I absolutely love to watch it. And that takes us on to Lincoln City. Um, like I said, really, really good game, actually. I enjoyed watching it. Really weird watching Stanley kick off at 6 o'clock on a Sunday night. Is this what Premier League fans feel like? Yeah, it's weird. It, 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 halfway through the game, it still makes you think that it's like th- half past three on a Saturday. It transports you to that, doesn't it? And it's so bad because you, your weekend, as a lower league fan, one of the privileges we have is that it's generally three o'clock Saturday you can set your watch by it 
and uh, when it's not that it fucks your weekend up bad style it changes, isn't it? Like yesterday you get up because in these corona times there's no tell to look forward to you get up you get washed you do your exercise have your tea whatever are you waiting for that game and it gets called off an hour before and you just, your day's ruined yeah it was um, so to have it on at all yeah to, it, it was that's alright I mean. credit to Lincoln for getting it on the, yeah. the pitch was decent as well actually it looked good um, but yeah we, we took the lead with a bit of a gift but like I said Dion's still going to put it away and he does really really well actually yeah yeah and again you say a gift but it's uh, it, it comes from our pressing and our hassling which we've done all season we've got a really high press and I love the way we just get into teams and we we forced errors tonight. We, for, we forced so many errors, had so many chances from that press. Yeah, we defend from the front, don't we? Yeah, I love um, it. Right but, good, right but, nice. But yeah, I mean, it, it felt like, and then after that, obviously, they equalise. We, we, we are really, really a decent goal. Um, and then we gifted him a late goal, didn't we? And from there, you're thinking, oh, it's it's an age old sort of story in football, isn't it? A team goes to, a team goes to league leaders does really really well and then just falls to pressure and a silly mistake later on yeah and when you're at the top things go for you that's the old cliche isn't it so you're at the top things drop for you things go for you and you think for fuck's sake that's what they've done like we've gone there we've matched them arguably we've been the better team silly uh, mistake I think it was Keneally yeah it was Keneally but from our free kick as well yeah. which Corley will have been raging at I'm sure um, and you think right, that's it we've, we've, uh, we've blown it now but then obviously like Charles pops up again with a, a great you know, a great lovely tidy finish Again, um, as well, to see Seamus make that mistake, if 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 we had lost the game, it had been disappointing because he's been really, really good this season. I just, I did, I just think it's like a big softy in me, but I just, I fucking hate it when players make mistakes. Like I felt so bad for Ben Barkley on Tuesday, and I was thinking, oh, that's it now, we'll get. Dropped. Well, I say, I mean, I've always said, you know, we live in the era now, don't we, of um, middle-aged men doing outraged videos on social media threatening to smash chairs because Arsenal have conceded in the 94th minute and it's all orchestrated and designed for clickbait um, but I, all I've ever wanted out of Stanley really you can call me unambitious if you like but all, all I ever want them to do is have a go sometimes you get beat up a better team sometimes you lose and I've always said they don't lose on purpose Ben Barkley's not made that mistake against Plymouth on purpose Seamus Keneally's not, not cocked up tonight on purpose Yeah, they, they, they're, they're, you know, they're on his pros they're doing the best um, whatever line of what you're in now and again you drop a clanger and they're no different and if they didn't drop those clangers they'd be playing air up the pyramid yeah and I, th- I think I think um, in the last week or so Bristol Rovers have parted company with Paul Tisdale and Keith Curl got sacked at Northampton and being on Twitter and seeing some of the reactions and I spoke to a Northampton podcast a few days before he, we played them and I was just thinking to myself, I'm, I'm really happy that that's not us. I'd hate to be a fan who... They weren't calling for for his head, but they were just saying, I'm, I'm sick of us playing football like this now. Yeah. And I think that if, if Stanley, we as a club, apart from if you're only a really, really new fan and you're not used to it and you see, you see it as like a... You're only used to like this Twitter age of football... We're not like that. If we go through a bad run, we're not saying change the manager. We're not. We don't get on players' backs. We back the players to the till. There's a difference between me saying or us saying, you know, we were wasteful in the final third. That's absolutely fine. I'd never come out and say, he's shit, get him off the pitch. He is shit. I'd never ever do that. But I think that, I think fan bases do do that. 
Yeah, and like I say, they don't lose on purpose. They don't do it on purpose. Um, even I'll give you an example. So under the the, the BT era, we played some absolutely dire football. Uh, but I'd get the train on my own to to places like Cheltenham or uh, Newport County. I didn't want us to lose. It's like you get sacked. And what during that game, you gave the players 110% support. You didn't get on the backs. And even when you got sacked, I thought it was a good, you know, I thought the time was right. But I wasn't, I wasn't delighted that the, my football club had had to sack a manager. I wanted him to be great. I wanted him to win every game. I wanted him, you know. It, if we were talking now saying, oh, James Beattie's our greatest ever manager, I would have loved that. Yeah. But it doesn't matter who the manager is or who the players are, you've got to back them. And uh, you know, the, the, I, I, I'm old school, and I just think I'd never criticise someone for booing or having a go because I think you've paid your money, you take your chances, you can do what you want within reason. But I just don't. What, what does it add if someone's made a mistake the week before and you're booing them now? Uh, you're increasing the likelihood of them doing it again. Yeah. You're an 18 year old lad, what, 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 and, and, and some you know pissed up idiot in a, a wife beater's vest is screaming abuse at you. What's that going to achieve realistically? Yeah, what do you expect to happen with that? Yeah, and and just uh, you need to stop wearing that vest, to be honest, Josh. Don't <laughs> Wonder where that would go in. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think I think we do have it good at Stanley, and I think that well, yeah, we are. I think that people understand sort of what we're trying to build as well. Yeah, and like I say, I don't want to get into a massive debate on on the state of football. Yeah, but I also think that. You know, Fergie took a few years to get going at United. Yeah, I, I think, I think so, there's yeah. no there's no patience in football whatsoever. So much to the point where Paul Tisdale at Bristol Rovers, no Bristol fan has ever seen them play because he he's been in the job less than a year. And I just think, what are you hoping to achieve in that? Time? Yeah, especially someone like Tisdale, who's an architect and has long term plans. Yeah, and you know, what the Bristol Rovers fans want yeah. really? They work with one of the smallest budgets probably in the league. We're in these ridiculously strange it's a ridiculously strange season mm. obviously obviously they are obviously they are you know there's there's the relegation looming over them but what good is it rocking the boat now i don't understand yeah. it and i'll never understand and you've that. had the privilege of scoring a goal at the crown ground well there you go you yeah. know that's that's the highlight for most clubs careers but there you go you look at keith curl and great the great lads at, the lads at um Northampton were saying, you know, I'm sick of I'm sick of us playing this football. But then when Keith Curl got sacked, all I, all the pictures that I saw of him were at Wembley holding holding the players. Yeah, and it's fight. a weird, it's a weird, it's a strange thing. Is it? Is it? We've been hypnotised by the media that that there's one way of playing football and one way only. The most entertaining thing in football or in any sport or in life is to win. Yeah. The the aim of football is these are my eleven players. Those are your eleven players. I've got a game plan to beat them to beat your players with mine that's it that's the pinnacle it doesn't matter if you kick lumps if you play total football you're playing to win this weird thing we've all been hypnotised into that that if you have a big lad up front and he, and, he, and he takes two defenders out and scores it's somehow bad or wrong or or actual defending is wrong if a defender kicks it out oh it's boring it's this it's that we, if we all play like Man City then Man City aren't exciting because yeah. we all do it too it's many cooks spoil the broth as well because it the model of what is acceptable changes in generations, changes with managers. Ten years ago, the Spanish model was was the ultimate, yeah. wasn't it? Then it was the Germans when they won the world. Well, if Cup. you look at a program, if you look at get a program from like the fifties, two, three, five, they play five up front. You never get away with that now. 
you know, the first lad to put play four four two probably got slaughtered. Yeah. Oh, defensive, what are you doing? Get him out. You know, and I appreciate you're paying your money, you want to be entertained, and, and ideally that's the goal. But it, at the lower levels, especially, with the tools managed to have at the disposal, you've got to give them a bit of slack. I also think you have to see the bigger picture as well. People often ask me when I speak to fans of other clubs, what do you think? Why do you think Coleman is so successful? And I think a lot of it is the timing that he's been given as well. Obviously, he's, he's been quality, and it's not just, you know, you can't just stick someone in a job for 20 years. But I think there's, a, there's no. Yeah. There's a correlation between, I think, a lot of the managers that do get sacked after a few months, realistically, if you kept them in a job for a few years, you'd see yeah. some sort of success there. In sport, what have you got? You've got, 92, you've got 92 EFL and Premier League clubs, and out of those 92, what, 12, 15, can arguably have successful seasons, can get promoted. Yeah. So four-fifths of all teams are not going to get promoted, they're not going to win the league. You want to aim for it, that's what you want, but it's not realistic to expect it all the time. Um, with Coley as well, I think what helped him was, uh, when he came to the club, Eric was the, the chairman who appointed him, and Eric had been a manager, he'd literally been the Stanley manager. Yeah, he's a so he knew man. he knew how the game worked, and he knew there were rough patches. You know, if Eric... People forget that season, we, had to, we won the last ten games in a row to go up, but we had to go up, really. We were, we were a big fish at that level, so it seems strange now, but we... Anything other than promotion would have been a disaster that season. And another another chairman, you know, having spent quite a lot of money relative to the level, we're, we're fourth, we're fifth, we're a couple of months to go, and there's only one promotion place, might get trigger happy. You know, an example would be Coley came to us because Ashton United sacked him for coming third. You know, so it's, it's small and then, margins and then, and then John Coleman becomes a footnote in Accrington Stanley's history and we yeah. probably languish still yeah, in the yeah. Premier League yeah uh, so you know Eric being a football man knew his peaks and troughs and don't, he'd stick his oar in but I think it was a reciprocal thing because John respected Eric being a football man yeah I think John Just, knew that Eric knew the game as well so yeah do it that's, I think that lends itself with low yeah. league football as well. A lot of the time, obviously, the chairman and the people that are involved in the club are ex-managers, are football people as well. So I think that, you know, you look at people like Bill Olden, who was involved at Great Harwood, then Stanley, they, they do know the game, don't they? They understand the game. I think now a lot of, a lot of people who are making the trigger-happy decisions that you talk about are business people, aren't they? Business people need results. Yeah. That yeah. They don't understand sport. They don't understand the mindset of sport. Well, they don't understand that sport. Ultimately, the the reason sport is so brilliant is because it is a meritocracy. Anyone can achieve, and you know, on that on that one day, you know, Accrington can beat Man United, yeah, or Accrington can win win Division Four. But you can chuck as much money as you want at that; it doesn't guarantee success. Um, and the other thing we were saying today in terms of management is with Corley, this lazy sort of cliche that gets trotted out, the number of teams you'll see where they say, oh, Accrington under Coleman, hard-working, industrious side, Accrington, hard-working. No, we can fucking play. We've always had an attacking intent under Corley. You know, Eric, Eric used to say he was a bit like Kevin Keegan. You know, he'd gamble on one point to get you three because uh, draws kill you. Draws kill you at this level. Um, and we've been very lucky. We've always had the, the the privilege of having attacking players and having flying wingers and having you know goal scoring centre forwards because that's the way he likes to play, being a prolific forward himself. But 
when you hear clubs say hard work in Accrington, we've got to watch for the long ball. Just know they've had a quick Google and they know fuck all about the club. Well, really. yeah, that, I, th- I think that's part of just journalism on the whole, isn't it? At the minute, yeah. no one's covering the lower leagues well, apart from fans. Realistically, yeah, it's lazy. Um, it is lazy. But on, on that on that thing about fans' expectations, I mean, the pessimist in me always says Coley came in '99, so what's that? That's twenty-two years now. So, so we've had twenty-two years relative to budget of glory. You know, and even even the seasons in sort of pottering around the middle of League Two that we think of now has been unremarkable, pound for pound, we're successful. Of course, yeah. Um, so we've had 22 years of non-stop glory, and, and a lot of clubs supporters they don't get that in their lifetime. 22 years of success, so that dip is coming. It's inevitable. It's it's, it's the way the world. Comes, I just yeah. hope when that, that dip does come, that the fan base understand, and a lot of the the, the newer fans who've been attracted by Coley's success understand that there's leeway to be given that way as well we live in hope uh, I won't hold your breath with some people though uh, Stanley sits ninth in League 1 bringing us on to Doncaster away in 3 days time they sit 5th and they are 6 points ahead of the Reds uh, and we've played the same amount of games now as well so yeah like we say games are coming thick and fast for Stanley not getting any easier and now really after no win in three yeah we've got a win to go to Doncaster and win that game yeah I've got good memories of Doncaster because we went there on the train on Tramaki and it were a meaningless game and we drew two apiece with a late equaliser and uh, it should remain that game should, we, uh, Danny Baker yeah Danny Baker and Isaac and Alfie came it should remain nameless because I think he's got a bird but uh, a gentleman and I after that game so to get to Doncaster from Aki you change at Leeds so coming back you get back to Leeds and you're waiting for Aki train and me and this gentleman were in the spoons in the in Leeds train station grafting these birds uh, so the Aki train were due in like 10 minutes <laughs> right I've, I've had a look at it and uh, if we if we if we go to Tombardon we can have another hour <laughs> right so we do that we graft and graft right okay well we'll have to go to Tombardon but if we, if not, we can go to Manchester, get the three o'clock bus back to Rottenstall, and we were planning all these little routes and ways just to have extra time grafting. And it, it turned out we we just about got back to Tombardon, and then we had to get a taxi back to Aki. Um, and were you with said? Girls? No, no, so it was a waste of a graft, uh, and a waste of money, and a waste of time. But you live in hope, don't you? Well, I think you deserve all you, you get. If you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, yeah. cut that out. Um, <laughs> But yes, uh, yeah, I think it, so. Shane McCartan scored early doors. Is that the game? To be honest, mate, I, I were absolutely off my tits. It was two apiece. We all oh, know we equalised later on. We went 1 0 up, then they went 2 yeah, 1. Was it. Then yeah. we scored later on. Yeah, we took quite a few, 200 and something as well. I think which me, was some, Danny Baker drove me. It was Isaac. quite late in the season, wasn't it? It, wasn't, oh, yeah, it was yeah. a dead rubber, weren't it? Yeah, about three, two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, Danny Baker drove me, Isaac, it was League two. and Alfie. Um, and we nearly got jumped outside the ground because they were all fuming because I think they were pushing. I think they might have been top. Maybe. Yeah, they were pushing, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the only time I've been, though. So we, we go there. Hopefully, there'll be shades of Paul Smith two years ago securing our League One 
status and we'll yeah, win the yeah. game. It's always a hard place to go. I mean, you've got the Yorkshire Lancashire Spice, they've got, I think, Darren Clark's their manager, knows what it's about. Also captained by Tom Anderson, who was a year above me at Chris's. Is that true? Yeah, he was a year Why above me. Why am I saying that like you'd lie? <laughs> yeah, is that true? Nope. Um, <laughs> I've got a great line. I'm going to say the Doncaster Rovers captain was above me at school. Doncaster Rovers captain a year above me at school and he went to St Christopher's. He's from Burnley. Chris's alumni get in there. Yeah, Chris's alumni. If anything, I hope they win now. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we go there in 72 hours' time. Right then. Um, if he scores, I reckon he'll lift his top up and he'll have a vest saying no surrender to the Moorhead scum. If Cut he does out. that, <laughs> if he does that, voodoo will open. To be fair, Voodoo is populated by more red scum. So, um, should we do full? If you've been in Voodoo, you don't need to be worried about what's in the COVID jab. That's all I'm saying. Hall of Fame, yes. Full on a bougie Hall of Fame. Full on a bougie Hall of Fame. So, this is his clubs, right? Preston North End, Huddersfield Town, Barnsley, Peterborough, Cambridge United, Swindon Town, Brentford, Wickham Wanderers, Shrewsbury Town, St Albans City, Macclesfield Town, Accrington Stanley, Weymouth Walking, Grays Athletic, Southport, Boreham Wood, Tooting and Mitcham United and Cheshire. The Honour Be On Your Fair The Honour Be On Your Fair You might fall on a but he's the greatest striker over six foot with a surname in with awe that has ever played for us in the Football League. Six foot five, stealing a living. Do you know what? I've decided. We are going to call it after him then. What, how do you say his first name? Fallen. I always thought he was Fallen. The Honour Be On Your Fame. You've listened to Fallen, top lad. The Honour Be On Your Fame. Okay then, so, I was looking through the players that we've already put in the Fallen Abuji Hall of Fame. Um, I'm just going to keep saying it in its entirety. Um and we are yet to have a goalkeeper so this week's entry from my point of view is Matt Macy I'm joking it's Ian Dunbavin of course Um, Dunbavin in total 151 appearances for Stanley no goals um, sadly lazy if anything Um, but yeah Ian Dunbavin one of those players who very much found his level with Stanley showed showed elements of absolute quality, didn't he, in his yep. time. Um, of course, another person who's got a great Morecambe away memory. Oh, this was the best. I mean, even though we didn't win, the, the Dunbavin penalty save is equal with the Murphy winner for me because they thought they'd done it. They thought they'd done it, yeah. Nine years, dictum, 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 battered us all game, Bavs... Even before the penalty save of the game of his life. Well, so you've mentioned that before, haven't you? I, I do have the quotation here. So, 6th of November 2012, Ian Dunbavin was Accrington's hero as he saved a stoppage time penalty to earn his side a point at Morecambe. Richard Brody stepped up after Dean Winard had brought down Kevin Ellison, but Dunbavin guessed right to the delight of the travelling fans. The hosts had the better of the chances but could not find a way past the Stanley goalkeeper, with Jack Redshaw and Lewis Alessandra often denied. The visitors played their part, but Barry Roach was also in fine form. View from the dressing room, Morecambe manager Jim Bentley told BBC Radio Lancashire, After some of the saves that Ian Dunbavin pulled off in both halves, when you get a penalty in injury time, you think he's had that good of a night that he'll probably save this as well. 
he pulled off an outstanding save to cap what was a world class performance. Yeah, it was his best moment, best moment in the Stanley shirt. Because I think with Babs was, um, Babs was always a solid sort of journeyman goalkeeper for us. He was a good character to have around. He was relatively, you know, not on big money, um, and he was he just fit us at the time. But to, it was a, in, in a cruel sort of ironic twist towards the end of his Stanley career, he actually became class. Mm. Like he was really good, and when he got injured, he was in absolutely you know fine form. Um, but so, so many when he when he was on it, I mean, the thing with League Two goalkeepers is they, they've always got a rick in them. That's why they play in League Two. Uh, but his shot stopping was absolutely as good as anyone out anyone anyone outside the Premier League. His shot stopping was equal. Decision making maybe dubious. Other other aspects of his game maybe not as strong. But shot stopping that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, those instinctive saves absolutely unbelievable. I mean. Three games that come to mind. Obviously, the miracle of Morecambe Bay when he saved that penalty. Um, you know, we had to save it because we didn't have Lawrence Wilson to smash him into the Irish Sea then. Um, Lawrence, fuck you. Game of his life again against, uh, you know, two times European Cup winners Nottingham Forest in uh, the, the, the town's first, li- first League Cup time, 44 years. Uh, another one that stands in the memory, Middlesbrough away in the League Cup, where this we went 1 0 down, early doors, beat it. And. Uh, Ash, uh, Ash Sheed, I think it was, turned to me and said, no, I said to them, I said, I'd take 5-0 now. Like, because we went 1-0 down the first 10 minutes, I think it was, and we're getting absolutely hammered. They're quite a strong team out. I'll take, I'll, take, I'll, take a, yeah, I'll take a 5-0 defeat now. We'd lost 4-1 at Newport as well. Yeah, we did, we got hammered. Um, and then we get we get a, an equaliser through Carver. Um, and then Babs is the game of his life. There's one, I remember there's one chance they had where... I couldn't quite see because there was like a crowd of people in front of me, and like it was like they were like two yards out, they had to score, and he made an absolutely unbelievable like wonder save. Did it about ten times that night, and then we go on a smash and grab later on with Piero. Um Unbelievable, he was absolutely outstanding. Um, there's a there's a well. There's something that I can't say on here, so we'll just leave that there. But but it was a great night, <laughs> and one of the greatest greatest wins really since we've returned to the league. I'd say. Well, there you go. So, like you say, flashes of absolute brilliance at times, like quality shot stopper, and I think this goes unnoticed. You know, so before he got towards, he's played 99 games for Shrewsbury. 99. You want that? That's one incredible. More. It's good. Morecambe, he played for three times on loan. Huh. Unfor- uh, bit, of, bit, of, bit of missionary work over Charity 50 work. times for Halifax and played 14 times for Scarborough and then 151 Scarborough. for us and then do you remember when he went to Chesterfield for an um, emergency loan yeah I do yeah for a month weird um, when all of our players went to Chesterfield when uh, yeah. Paul and Liam went but yeah I mean someone who, who again is, is at that time of so he's he's, he's weird from 2006 to 2014 yeah. Which is is a phenomenal servant to the club. Somebody who, when you speak to players now, anybody who's ever played in that that those sides and remembers those times, yeah. is widely renowned and as one of the you funniest were, uh, people. If you're in the select handful of people who broke into the changing rooms at Rochdale away, um, you also witnessed some not repeatable um, dumb babbing moments, which will which I'm sure live long in the memory. 
Well, there's a f- there's a few man. stories that are in my head as I speak that I won't mention now about Ian Dunbar that I know. Yeah, but they're the best cult heroes, aren't they? Of course they. When are. they do things that are so great, you can't mention them on a podcast. You know I, you've got you know you've got a good one. I remember being at an end of season do once, and I won't even go into it, but it was debauchery. If anybody wants to ask me about what it is, if you've listened to this, keep it in your head, and I'll tell you in person. But I'm not. I'm not putting it, but yeah, the, the, like an absolute character, somebody who's a, just a, a quality goalkeeper on his day, and just somebody who, who just fits in so well with Stanley. Yeah, yeah. And fair play to him, and he, he takes his, he takes a very, very well deserved the first goalkeeper to go in the Fall on a Bougie yeah. Hall of Fame. Do you not think it's interesting that quite a lot of people that are in the Fall on a Bougie Hall of Fame? They've served well on the pitch, but they're always cult heroes as well. Ah, that's the whole point exactly. of Fowler and all the fame. Exactly. Yeah. Cult heroes almost as much as Fowler himself. Yeah, and now he is a full-time coach at Liverpool Academy as well. So fair play to him, he's doing really, really well. Um, well, not with Alisson. Best mates with Stevie G as well, isn't he? I believe so, yeah. You can see the, the pictures of uh, Stevie G, Craney and uh, Dunbabin, isn't it? Yeah. Throws out on the pitch together. He could have ended his career with us, couldn't he? Selfish. Dickhead. Selfish. But there we go. Ian Dunbabin, you are immortalised, my friend. So it is now time for the Graham Branch Fact of the Week. Graham Branch Fact of the Week. It's the Graham Branch Fact of the Week. Unlike Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, Graham Branch deliberately hits the ball into row Z to experience more of a connection with the fans because he's not selfish. Graham Branch fact of the week. It's the Graham Branch fact of the week. Okay. So we'll leave the names out of this next segment to protect the identity of the people involved in this harrowing story. It's about a small football club. A football club not too far north of Lancaster. The fans of this football club have experienced hard times. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But in 2020, that all changed. It changed when a bright-eyed young man walked through the door on lawn. For the purpose of this, we'll call him Alan Phillips. Different from the usual boring hoof football in a three-quarters empty Lego stadium, Phillips had flair, class, and could score almost at will. Things were looking up for the town and the club. People were returning to the area after years in the wilderness. They didn't have to wander around the brand new Sainsbury's supermarket, wishing it was still their home. <laughs> Some would say there was genuine hope that they wouldn't be so shit forever. A feeling that they were alright. For once that they were good enough. They got up to fifth in the division. And then, as January came to an end, disaster struck for the town and the vitamin D lacking cave people that lived there. Phillips wanted out. His loving gaze had been attracted elsewhere, somewhere east. A superior place with a superior club, one with a great setup, a quality team in a whole division higher, and with better pies. And what's worse, the people of the town knew that he was embracing their old enemy again. 
Phillips got his stuff and left. And just like that, the people of the town felt that all too familiar cloud over them again. Questions of, what's the point? Will it ever be the same? And will we ever get that giant polo mint tower operating again? Crept back into conversation. Well, we like giving people the opportunity to say goodbye and a few of the townsfolk have written in with some messages for Phillips. And the message is clear. Don't be sad it's over. Be absolutely fuming that he's left us for them. Hope you go bust, shit Timpot cunts. A gorgeous message. We'll stand out in Accrington having only 10 fingers, 30 likes. Them East Lancashire Dingles sticking together. All Stanley fans are apparently fans that don't go to away games. Best of luck, Adam. Just stay away from the big wicker man. Short and sweet. Fuck off, Stanley. Picture of the Clayton End accompanied by... My garden looks nice than that piece of shit. Adam Phillips, don't go to these scum bastards. Great. We're fucked. Love that, nice and concise. Hope you get relegated. Cheers for ruining our season. Utter scumbags, man. Your club is fucking awful, low-life scum. Drop my legs as well. <laughs> Slimy wankers. <laughs> What's your favourite out of them? Oh, I've got... I, I quite enjoy the succinctness of great with fucks, to be honest. It has to be for me. Your club is fucking awful, low-life scum. Do you want my legs as well? <laughs> I, I quite like my garden looks nice and that piece of shit. Then tagging the, the player in question, in it. Please don't go to these scum bastards. Yeah, they, they were desperate, weren't they? Um, absolutely incredible that he came to us. And like I said, just legend status straight away. Yeah, it's really you become a legend. We out touch it more. Straight away. 12 goals for them, probably still end up as a top scorer as well. Like you say, I mean, we, we've, we've wished them all the best, haven't we, on past episodes, but it'd be so funny if that derailed their season. It'd oh, be so superb! Funny. They've got the door, but we barrow now. They're happy. Yeah. yeah. You know, you enjoy it. The best thing about all that was, I, I tweeted about it at the end. Realistically, right? When you look at it from from our point of view now, if we wanted, they know deep down that every single one of them players would sign for us. End of day. Every it. single one of them would sign for us. Of course, they would. Ambitious club, better ground. Better fan base, better pies. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. You know, um, if you if you if you want a final payday and you like caravan parks and nuclear power stations, by all means. Um, but like you say, what's what's a what's a funny statue got versus the beauty of East Lancashire? Nothing. The roaming hills. The roaming hills. The green pastures. The the delicious pies. The well, two major pie factories that we've got in the town. The multitude of pound shops. Well, maybe not that one. Mm, anyway. I'm trying to think of another one. The viaduct, the majestic viaduct. The viaduct. The, the salmon ladder outside Asda. That is correct. Mm. The roaming and majestic coppice. A two-minute walk to Hamilton Hill. The M65. A McDonald's. We're near to actual civilization like Manchester. Not up there near fake Scotland. Yeah, we're equidistant 
from Manchester, Leeds, Liverpool. We are the North. We're a commuter's paradise. We are the North. You're nothing. Don't get me wrong. Nothing. Bit of potted shrimp, very nice on toast. I can get that from Asda here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, your whole industry has been. Well, we won't get into that because Norai no longer exists. But basically, yeah, fuck you. End of day. You're in a fight. You've got to pick one object from your hometown to to fight with. Do you take a Norai brick or do you take some shrimps? We all know what we're going to go for there, don't we? Yeah, and I think that Adam Phillips knew that as well. He did. He said I that as that well. was what he was in his mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's looked at it and he's thought, yeah, fuck this. Yeah. And also, it's a shithole. <laughs> I mean, he's had a bit of fun. He's, he's played played in the Black Pudding League with a few cloggers, you know, made himself look good. But that can only get you so far. I heard that apparently... He's got ambition as lad. Apparently, what, what, the straw that brought the camels back were when they wheeled Lawrence Wilson as a legend. That's it. I mean... He's just thought, no, I'm out. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit harsh this now, but I hope that we continue the long-standing tradition of, uh, you know, using Morecambe as an Aki retirement home. You know, how many greats have gone there to put out to pasture. Yeah. You know, John O'Sullivan, Lawrence Wilson... Um, the lad who was at Chesterfield. Oh, I was at Chesterfield. Many others. Uh, you know, Dunbavin did a bit of missionary work there for a bit, didn't he? They all have, haven't you they? Know. So, they have. <laughs> listen, if we go up and we're in the Championship, maybe our under-21s can treat you to a game in the Papa John's. I think, that, I think they'll be pleased with that. Yeah. I yeah. think they'd be happy with that. Um, Big club come to town. Jamie Devitt, that's who I was thinking Jamie Devitt, yeah. Yeah, so fair play to Morecambe. Um... Let's hope that the season gets derailed. Right, okay then, so we come to that part of the segment where we do memorable games. We still haven't come up with a name for it. I'll let you do the honours. What is your what's the theme this week? The theme is games that are memorable for the wrong reason. Games that are memorable for the wrong reasons. Take it away. Right, so I've gone with the the battle of the academic institutions. You've got Cambridge University versus Akros. <laughs> and it's Cambridge United 2 Accrington Stanley 1 Saturday 1st of October 2016 um, so in the end of the season this was a, you know, didn't mean anything really but it's the circumstances by which uh, by which we lost uh, so now, 1st of October 1st of October 2016 so we're coming off the playoff hangover we're hoping that we challenge again yeah, so there's a few um, you know there's a few Things that made this stick out. I mean, the first one was uh, the, their their uh, their winning goal. Ultimately, was scored by you know the former Clayton and Darling Pure. I mean, Goya, great goal. Um, we lost to nine men in the end. They finished with nine men. Um, but something that'll probably never be seen again is we missed two penalties in stoppage time. Reading it now, my blood is boiling. Goalkeeper Will Norris saved two injury time penalties as nine men Cambridge beat Accrington 2-1 in an astonishing finish in League 2. Norris saved from Chris Eagles in the first minute of time added on after Leon Legg was sent off for felling Terry Gornell and repelled Terry Gornell's spot kick after Brad Holiday was dismissed for punching Matty Pearson's header off the line. Brad Holiday as well. So what happened it was Brad Holiday exactly. So what happened was we had the first penalty, Eagles steps up, swaggers like he did, saved. From that save, the ball's still in play. I remember it clear. We crossed it back in. We headed it. The header was going in the top corner. Brad Holiday handled it on the line and kept it out. Second penalty. Missed again. And I remember I walked back to my car 
and because I drove down, I was sat there, and I couldn't set off for a good half hour. I was shaking. Like, what have I, what have I witnessed? It didn't seem real. Especially when Brad Halliday's done it, who, who was... Yeah, so, so many components. Side. So, the ultimate winning goal being Piero, uh, another Clayton and Darling in, in, in Brad Holiday, ultimately cheating us out of a point, really. Don't blame him for it, fair play, but it, it was bitter. Then to miss two penalties, and not even miss them, they were both saved as well. The only the crumb team, was the team, they? yeah. The only crumb was that they had already done the man of the match, <laughs> so the keeper saved two penalties in stoppage time and wasn't man of the match. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just odd, and it, it transpired later on that um, you know Billy Key, obviously with his troubles, deliberately did, deliberately didn't take didn't take them. Mm, yeah, um, I remember didn't, that didn't want well. to take them. So there's that that undercurrent as well. But at the time, we didn't know about that. So in your head, all you can think of is why is he, why is he not took them, and and you're angry because you think that Chris Eagles is so like overridden. Why the fuck is Eagles taking it? That's what I said. Christoph Eagles, as we used to call him. Um, but yeah, just I don't think we'll ever lose a game in that fashion again. Um, to miss to miss a penalty in stoppage time is is you know bad enough, but two penalties in stoppage time. Put it this way: I work far off ordering a max cabs <laughs> to yes. the public house and draining my sins. Yes. You thought I was going to say something else then, didn't you? I did actually, yeah, I knew what you were going to say. <laughs> we all knew, we all read between the lines there. It would have been inappropriate. I but mean, yeah. that, that was a season as well that that turned out to be a bit of a, a damp squib, didn't it? Um, I think that the, the club as a whole put so much effort into the 15-16 season that it there was a massive hangover felt that season um, between, obviously, us winning the league and us... Um, the playoff year and we had in that game as well I mean I remember this as well Bocco had an absolute screamer hit the post at 1-1 like late on so it just wasn't our day we had as 16 Piero, shots that, as if Piero scored we had well. 16 shots that game 16 we'd absolutely dicked him and uh, Key actually equalised for us that day as well Billy Key um, but yeah I think just because it's one thing to lose, but to lose in such dramatic circumstances, even though it ultimately meant nothing, it wasn't, you know, if we'd missed out by, if that had been the Stevenish season, if we'd have missed out by a goal and that would have happened, yeah, Jesus wept. You got the team for that day? I've got the team for that day. The team for that day was, do, 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 it was Chapman in goal, uh, a back four of uh, Danassian, Pearson, Beckles and Zach Viner. Mm-hmm. Zach Viner reminds me of, um, we played Grimsby away and we got dicked about 3-0 and uh, Ashi went for a piss and he was waxing lyrical about how bad Zach Viner had played that day and Zach Viner's brother were also in the toilets and started like, having a go at him trying to square up to him but he wasn't saying anything sort of untoward he was just telling the truth on his shit game Zach Viner was on loan from Bristol City he was a, a right back Yeah, I tried to get a, a tune to the song of Delilah like why 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 Zach Viner but it never kicked off uh, in, in front of them, you have the uh, sort of sitting two of uh, Scott Brown and Paddy Lacey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paddy Lacey, he's had a terrible injury. Um, yeah, he has. Chester, the crowdfunding for him, they've raised about four grand, I think, for him so far. Hope he, hope he comes back from that. Tom yeah, Ladd. I hope he gets better soon. Uh, and we'll always have that, that pompous screamer. Um, and then in front of those two, so just behind Billy Key up front, was uh, three of Bocco, Clark, and McConville. So that's a, that's a good team. Yeah, going it's a really good team. The bench then, doesn't he? Yeah, so on the bench you've got um, Elliot Parrish, who was better at cricket than he was at goal. Um, Mark Hughes, Davis, number four, Tom, Tom Davis, Davis uh, Terry Gunnell, uh, 12, Jones, 
Lloyd Lloyd Jones no, previously no, mentioned. No. Lloyd Jones was before that. No, Lloyd Jones before that. Jones, I don't recall that Jones. Uh, Eighteen. No, I... no uh, Parish was the subkeeper, weren't he? Because Parish Parish kept uh, Burnley out and played in the West Ham game. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Hewitt, who was meant to be a great player, came yeah. from Burnley. Didn't really work out for him. And then um, Christoph Eagles. Uh, number 33 do I remember this right did they not bring Chris Eagles on to take the penalty was it his first kick of the game or was that have I completely missed that uh, Chris Eagles came on the 85th minute so they didn't, he didn't come on for the penalty but he'd only just come on when we got the penalty it was his first kick of the game uh, Christoph Eagles always a legend for playing about three minutes and kissing the badge in front of the Clayton end against Burnley uh, no it was Doncaster he came on we beat him 3-2 and he made the winner for McConville, but he came on and were the gate, oh, Chris Eagles, he used to be a dingle, but he's all right now. Yeah. Starts for, like, tapping the badge in front of Clayton. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. I thought it was against Burnley, that. Yeah. I thought it was against Burnley. No, that. he did that, and then uh, he did a great pass for uh, McConville. He scored a, a bit of a screamer to win 3-2, it was a great game. But, uh, yeah, never really fulfilled his promise, a great sort of, Seemed like a great sign at the time. He, he he was on his way down as well, weren't he? Yeah. When he yeah. came to us. Um, very good. But, Anything but, more but, to say on that? Just uh, like you say, just uh, one of those games where you're not you're not raging. It's just surreal. Yeah. Like what the what the fucking hell have just witnessed there? And you know I mean, you'll always remember it as well. Like you say, I mean, you're unlucky to be there for that, really. But also, you can say you were there for it. One of them that will probably never happen again. Yeah. And if you're going to lose, losing style. Fair right. play to the keeper for for doing that. Yeah. Big Will Norris. Yeah. I mean, in a university town, you've got Will Norris. It's a very Oxbridge name, mm. as well. William. Of Hello, I'm I'm Will, Will Norris. Hi, Will Norris. Yeah. Um, you don't so trust people with two first names as the name. My name's Will Norris, and I'm reading uh, classics. Dickhead. <laughs> Norris Cambridge. <laughs> that's that's all, that's all I can think of. Very good. You know. Very good then, mate. Uh, it takes its place in memorable games for the wrong reason. Okay, so mine is, bear in mind we've just been at Sinsel Bank. My memory is nearly 11 years to the day. 16th of February 2010. It was my first trip to Sinsel Bank as a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed uh, 14-year-old. And it was the year, it was the year, so the year before we got into the playoffs for the first time, 10-11. If you remember the year before, we had Bobby Grant and Michael Symes up front and we flirted with the playoffs and it was like the first time we'd ever flirted with the playoffs whilst we were in League Two. So my memorable game is Lincoln City versus Stanley, 16th of February 2010. We go to Central Bank on a Tuesday night, and we're chasing, um, we're chasing basically a playoff place outside chance of a playoff place, and we are beaten two one by two really really late goals. Um, the team that day: Ian Dunbavin, Tom Lees, Dean Winard, Darren Kempson, Phil Edwards, Sean McConville, Andy Proctor, Jimmy Ryan, Bobby Grant. John Miles, Michael Symes, The Bench, Dean Buzanis, Johnny Flynn, Peter Murphy, John Mullen, Chris Turner, Billy Key, Gary King. Gary King. Oh, yeah. that's that. So we're beating. So basically we went there, like I say, I was quite young and we played on a Tuesday and it was 
people that are going to be listening to this are going to be screaming because they know why this is pretty memorable as well. Um, we took a 30th minute lead and we were absolutely cruising if I remember correctly. And this is at a time when Lincoln weren't, like we were saying off, off air before, they weren't the 13,000 strong, absolutely barmy army that's going absolutely crazy with the banging of the drum, the massive ultras section that it is now. The attendance that day is 2,779 and they are, they're a poor side really and this is, I think it's the year that they fall out of the division. Um, but yeah, Central Bank was a different place then, like if you've been in the last couple of years we've been behind the goals either side, we were in the big stand, that's how, that's how sort of meagerly populated the stadium was, we were in the big end with the home fans. We took a good lead, Bobby Grant, um, and we should have scored a second if I remember rightly. We were denied a second to go 2 0 up, and things were looking rosy. And then we, like I say, Stephen Lennon scores for them after 83, which I, if, I think that's Tommy Tommy Robinson's real name, isn't it? Stephen Lennon. Stephen Yaxter Lennon, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, not that one. And then in the 90th minute, Darren Kempson scored an own goal. Uh, trying to block a shot and we yeah we lost the game and I remember it sort of it was a real kick in the stomach for me because I wanted it to, I wanted us to do well and I, and I loved I loved watching Stanley and it was the first time we flirted with any chance of the playoffs and this sort of cemented cemented our sort of fall and, and that we wouldn't be getting there uh the match report here, struggling Lincoln scored two late goals to snatch the points in a 2-1 win against Accrington. Um, City, without a win in six games, so they haven't won in six games, looked to be heading for defeat until on-loan striker Stephen Lennon scored his second goal in as many matches. Lennon then missed a good chance to claim the points himself before the Imps snatched a lucky winner in stoppage time. Veteran defender Ian Pearce fired in a low cross which deflected off Stanley's Darren Kempson and rolled into the net. It was like a like a piss poor, like it rolled across the line. Really lucky. Um, Accrington battling for a playoff place had only themselves to blame for not claiming another away win, although they found Lincoln keeper Rob Birch in inspired form. The visitors went ahead on the half hour when Michael Symes sent Bobby Grant clear and the striker slotted on for his 16th of the season. But skipper, skipper Andrew Proctor saw his header pushed onto the crossbar by Birch before Symes hammered a shot against the outside of the post and saw another shot sent. Kept out by the imp stopper after he broke clear. So we should have won the game and we didn't. Really, really disappointing. Got a what? Two, three hour then. Two, three hour drive back to Accrington. And then the coach got bricked and the window got smashed by a lot of kids. And then it it pretty much delayed us for about another hour. Um, so I know people will, be, uh, will remember that. I think there's a video somewhere of the police sort of smashing the glass, the remainder of the glass. Were you there? No. No. It's strange, you've heard about it, though. Yeah, the breaking. Yeah. And it was strange. It's the only time where that's really happened when I've been watching Stanley, where they've made a real beeline for the away coach. Um, and I remember sort of I was there with with Scott yeah, actually. It's bizarre, isn't it? Because because you they've won the game. Yeah. Like usually that kind of that kind of sort of um, intimidation happens when you've done a smash and grab. If I remember rightly, they were they were really young. Yeah, the, weird. The, the, the kids that did it, 
brat obviously I was only 14 15 at the time and I remember us being like come on let's chase him off <laughs> let's chase him off um, I was there with Scott actually who produces the podcast now not a football fan whatsoever but he just came because it was something to do on a Tuesday night and I remember he wasn't singing he wasn't doing anything and then when we scored the goal I turned to celebrate with him couldn't see him and when I turned left he was over on the barrier giving it the double V's to the old fans um, so I think he got a little bit more into it than he thought he was going to um, but yes yeah, a double whammy really because it's remembered because the, the coach got bricked and it was a little bit dangerous um, and also that it stopped our playoff hopes outside playoff hopes probably with that team as well you'd say but it stopped any hope of us getting getting into the playoffs that season Um so yeah it's something that sticks out in my mind as a in the early years of me following Accrington away but yeah that's mine excellent happy days or not not happy days Thank you for tuning in to Raw Milk. Our theme music is Mr Powder by Deja Vega. Our producer is Scott Bolton. Follow us at Raw Milk Zine on Twitter and Instagram and Raw Milk Fanzine on Facebook. You can also download, subscribe and like all of our podcasts at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Reds! Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.